Today's department is the leadership department. This is the lead pastor of the fastest growing church in the most unchurched city, traveling speaker at one of the biggest churches all over the world. He's been doing this, his thing for over 20 years. He's an incredible husband, incredible father. He's actually my pastor, Pastor Jabin Chavez. For me, leadership is one, the conviction that what you're doing is important, but then two, it's the skill to bring others along and say, hey, join us in this. At the end of the day, I think everyone has to level up their leadership game. A lot of people end up in environments, relationships, time commitments of, of things that they just, they don't have to do. The more you set your schedule, the more joy you're gonna have. I don't think a long break fixes a bad schedule. And I think everyone can do this, like at their level. Yo. Let's go. What's up? Welcome to the department. That's a good uh, little intro right there. I was yeah. like, wow. I actually is... forgot to ask you because like usually I I actually want like, give me some like accolades you're actually, like you're okay with me right, saying. Right, right. No, it's funny. I never even think about it. it. You know what I mean? Like I hear stuff like that. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. Wow. That is so cool. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm more shocked than anybody. Yeah. I mean, and, so. and I mean, a lot of people know me for certain things. I think what's funny is like, you don't see this relationship that I've had that number one has helped me spiritually and um, relationally. Um, uh, me and my my wife, Amanda, were a part of the original group of people that started City Light Church here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. We're about to experience six years, incredible growth. Wow. I'm working on a $17 million building project. It's happening. And, um, but this, I, I think, what people don't see is the submission. You know, I'm submitted to leadership. Yeah, yeah. This guy could tell me no, and yeah. I think it's important. But I do want to talk about uh, leadership. I think you can talk about creativity. You could talk about business. You could talk about um, communication. Uh, you are such a you know well-rounded, gifted individual. But today I wanted to kind of get uh, from the perspective of you being lead pastor and yeah. um, how you've led. And I just see you doing life right. I see that you have the big picture in mind. Yep. Uh, you know you're going to do this for another 20 years. And so kind of uh, just let's just jump right into it. I wanted to ask you first, because I love your definition of this. What is leadership? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to define it, but I also want to say, yeah, I think we could talk about all those other things. Like, you know, I was, I, I guess I'm a creative. My wife is a creative musician, whatever. But like, I think what I had to learn, and maybe we'll get into this, but like, I had to learn that all those other things, like John Maxwell says, are going to rise and fall on leadership. So I thought I could be creative, didn't have to be a leader. I could preach, don't have to be a leader. I'll just pray for the church, don't have to lead the church, that kind of thing. And then I realized like, oh no, I got to lead. Mm. So I think for everyone listening right now, it's like, well, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm really good at this, but I'm not going to do. And I just realized really during COVID that I could not pass on leadership. Like I couldn't like pass it off. You can't delegate leadership. Like you can't like, well, you'll be the leader. I'll be the, it, at the end of the day, I think everyone has to level up their leadership game. I didn't do that till I was so COVID was 2020, so that was whatever, three years ago. So I didn't do that till I was 37. I never embraced leadership mm -hmm. till I was 37. So 90% of the people watching are way ahead of the game if you'll, if you'll do this. But for me, leadership is 
one, the conviction that what you're doing is important. So again, Maxwell says leadership is influence. I believe that, but it's the conviction that what you're doing is important, whether it's selling homes, whether it's raising a family, whether it's creating content, whether it's leading a ministry, whether it's whatever, whatever it is, you have to have a conviction that what I do is important. One, two, it's the skill. And this is where a lot of people, this is the part you really have to work on because the conviction part is a heart thing. But secondly, it's the skill. This is the mental thing and really the relational skill of recruiting people in that work. Mm-hmm. And so it's that balance of, I feel that this is very important, one, and I can't lose that conviction, which we all will. Like we'll all have to fight for the conviction that, okay, this is this is important. This is important to God. It's important to me. It's important to my future. But then two, it's the skill to bring others along and say, hey, join us in this. Like, I think this is great. You should you should be a part of this. I love that. And I think that is, uh, I don't know, we're always fighting for it and always working at it, and you never graduate from it. You just, it's a, it's a cycle that you have to keep going on. Would, what would you say to somebody who doesn't feel like what they're doing is important? Because you say kind of like you got to find the, that importance yeah. or that conviction, but, you know. So, so. Yeah, you know, I I think in life there's there's – Two G's. I hate to be a preacher like this. Sorry. <laughs> like it's just coming out of me. I'm not, none of this was planned. I hate this. I hate this side of me. Um, but you have the grit of life and the grace of life. So there's always going to be a grit. There's always going to be a grind. There's always, there is going to be that. You know, people say, discover what you were made to do and you'll never work another day in your life. I'm like, I don't know who they're talking about. <laughs> it's work. Good. Whether you're the most gifted, you know, athlete, whatever it might be, you're going to have to. You're going to have to grind. There's going to be a grit to it. But there's going to be a grace to it. And so I think you're trying to find the grace, right? Michael Jordan is graced on the basketball court. Uh, You've got to find a great – Tiger Woods is graced on the golf course. We could go on and on. So you you do have to find that of like, I'm going to have to grind. I am going to have to have grit. It's never going to go away but I am also finding my grace. Mm. And I just think usually the grace zone of your life starts as a hobby, starts as a side hustle, usually doesn't pay the bills at first, but it usually costs you money at first. You're developing it, but it's your passion. You know, sometimes you've got to do other, you know, my first job ever was mowing lawns. My second job was working construction. My third job was working at a restaurant. My fourth job, finally something in music, was working at a guitar shop, like a guitar center. Uh, my fifth job was working at a church. So I had five wow. jobs, all the while playing guitar, all the while singing. Mm. So I started playing guitar when I was 20. I mean, I, sorry, I started playing guitar when I was 10. I started getting paid to do music when I was 20. 10 years. So it took me 10 years to get paid to do what I love to do. So, and and I never resented mowing the lawn, doing construction, working at a restaurant, work, you know, all those things were just a part of it. And I think you have to, 
every entrepreneur has to get comfortable with like the tension, the tension of that for a season, you know, whether that season is six months or yeah, 10 years, you know? Yeah. And I think the, the thing I feel is, is self-awareness to know that this is something you were made to do. I, yep. you know, I think there's two, two things that could happen. You feel ashamed for liking a thing, maybe yep. because it's not paying the bills or, you know, because it's not moving the needle, but you enjoy it. Yep. And the other thing is like, bro, no, you're not supposed to do right, that. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, no, no. I think there's a difference between what, like golf makes me very happy. It's never going to make me money. Like it's just <laughs> never, I mean, we have some ideas about podcasts and stuff that maybe would, would be cool, but like being a good golfer is never going to make me money, yeah. but it makes me happy. So you do have to discover that too. There's like, there's the, the gift of just life. So I do think sometimes for entrepreneurs, it's always like, how can I make, how can I make money at this? A big part of making money and being a wealthy person and being a, having a wealthy mindset is actually finding joy. Mm. So golf costs me money. That yeah. club membership cost me money. That, those clubs cost, I mean, those balls cost me money. I go through, you know, 20 a round. <laughs> that, all of that costs me money, but it brings me joy. Mm. So it makes me wealthier. So like there is that side of this whole thing too, that I'm not always, I don't approach life like how can I monetize this? That's good. I approach life from how can I be emotionally, mentally, relationally, spiritually healthy, that health usually will create different avenues. That I love that. that. And so the, I see you lived a very balanced life. Like, you know, you work hard, but you rest well. You took 40 days off this year yeah. for a Sabbath. Um, I don't know, you're saying this is like post COVID, like realizing like, oh, I need to, yeah, like I need to, figure out my weeks in a way that allow me to do this thing. Right. What, what do you, what have you, can you break down kind of your productivity hacks? Yeah. I would say most people don't have a plan about time. They just, they let life come to them and they figure it out as it comes. And I think I decided like when we planted the church, I decided we were going to, I was going to lead a church that I would want to attend number one. Mm -hmm. So like, we're going to build a ministry that like I would bring my family to, I'd be proud of from the music to the style of preaching to whatever. Two, I was going to run at a pace that was sustainable for ever. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to be able to, I don't know, like build a life that I enjoyed so that I didn't resent ministry, resent people, resent uh, those kind of things. So, I think I've been very intentional at that. Um, and most people do not take authority over their time. They just don't. They, they let life happen to them. And I decided it just wasn't going to, like, again, we have schedules. We've got things we got to do. We've, we carry a lot of weight. We carry a lot of responsibility. But I try to decide... I'm, I'm very careful about doing the things that only I can do. And I think everyone can do this, like at their level. Again, now 
CEO, I guess whatever you want to call me, I get I get to make all my own decisions. But there are a lot of things that you can decide to do and you don't have to apologize for that. So mm. I I'm doing this cuz I want to do this. We're going to go play golf after cuz I want to do that. Uh it doesn't it doesn't mean that I don't do things that I don't want to do. It just means that I I don't get pressured, especially like in ministry, I don't get pressured by, well, you have to be at that, or you have to do this, mm. or you have to say this, or you have to go to this. I don't feel that. I don't let people decide uh, my schedule. If I go travel somewhere and speak at a church, it's because I want to do that. That's good. And I think a lot of people end up in environments, relationships, moments, conversations, dinners, time commitments of, of things that they just, they don't have to do, especially for like entrepreneurs. And you, you do get to set your schedule. The more you set your schedule, the more joy you're going to have. So, um, you know, I get asked all the time. I like, like for preaching, I'll, I don't know how many invitations I'll get this year, but I will say no to 80%, 90%. Uh, because I have a focus, I have a priority, I have family, church, relationships, this city, this season, and all of those things play a role in what I say yes to. So I don't just go like, well, man, I got invited, I have to go. Mm -hmm. No, it's actually the opposite. It's like... That's good. Living in that, yeah. Yeah, I think like I see people build the thing out of a desire to, I want to build this business. I want to build this mm -hmm. ministry or whatever. And then you get sucked into getting enslaved to it. And now, now it's like, you feel like this have to, and right. it, and it's a crazy, um, it's a crazy thing. Cause you, it started with a desire and now it's like a demand. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I love that. And so I want to learn a little bit about like, what did you feel like you got out of taking? And I know you've never done this before, but you yeah. took 40 days, um, of extended leave yep. with your family and you traveled and uh, yeah. what did you learn from doing that? Or I guess you could say, what were you afraid of before you took it? Yeah, I, I think I was afraid of boredom. Honestly, I was just like, what is this going to be like? I wasn't really afraid of like, is the church going to be okay? Or I, I felt like the church was strong. You guys held it down. Like I wasn't like worried about that. We brought in really great very close friends to come and speak. And so like, I wasn't worried about that. I was actually just like, what is this going to, am I going to like this? I didn't love it, honestly. Mm. Like I wasn't like, I want to do that every year. I don't know if I'll do that every year. I really don't. I, don't I know, know people I'll, that do it twice a year. No, no. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't know if I, if I will. Uh, I think part of it is seasonal. Part of it is, you know, trying to figure out your own pace, but like, it was really, really great for my wife. She really loved it. It was 40 days. I've never spent 40 days uninterrupted with my daughter ever Wow! without leaving somewhere. Because I spent, even this year, I spent 115 days gone. So 115 nights this year, I did not sleep in my bed, which is ridiculous. Like, I, you know, again, like I look back at that and I'm like, did I... I'm already looking at 24 going, wait a minute. You know, again, that's why I've like, I've said no to everything basically in 24, just because I'm like, I really want to be careful. But 
um, it was 40 days where we saw each other every day. Mm. That was incredible. And then I think the biggest thing about, especially entrepreneurship, you have to, you have, you're making decisions. You have to be creative. Uh, you're making decisions, you're taking risks that are going to affect you and others. What the break did is it gave me the ability to make no decisions wow. for 40 days. For 40 days, I did not make a decision other than where are we going to eat, right? Like, where am I going to play golf? Like, we made no decisions. Because I do think that we can get into decision fatigue. So I didn't have to create you know, like I had an absolute clear goal going into that. We're, I'm going to write a book. I didn't touch it. I opened <laughs> the laptop one time and I just closed it because I was just like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not, I'm not creating. I didn't write a sermon. Every once in a while, I'd get a sermon idea. I'd grab my phone, write it down. But besides reading the Bible, I did nothing in any way that felt productive. Or Now, I got a lot of ideas, but like I didn't plan ideas. I didn't plan. Mm. And I think it made me super fresh. So I came out of it with a lot of ideas, a lot of vision, a lot of excitement. And, uh, you know, I learned a long time ago that uh, for people of faith, especially we believe in the Sabbath, we believe in taking some kind of Sabbath. Now that's not on Saturday, but we go back to the 10 commandments. We honor God with a day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't want to get all theological here on this podcast, but we do we do take a day a week to rest. So what I've learned is that I, I've got to have that weekly. I've got to have a Sabbath weekly. Um, I've got to have some kind of energy builder daily. So a really easy way to think about that is if, if you're inside all day, you probably want to go do something outside. That's good. If you're outside all day, you probably want to do something inside. So like this is, I live inside. So for me, golf is very energizing. Video games are not energizing, right? Like I don't want to be, I don't like video games. I don't like, because I'm always on a computer. I'm always on a phone. I'm always, right. so being outside is huge. So I want to do something daily. I want to Sabbath weekly. And then I want to have some kind of retreat annually or some kind of leave annually where I really get away. And we've, We've done a really good job of that. I honestly think, too, part of that, like 40 days off, I know a lot of guys who really need it because I think they push way too hard. Right. And then they desperately need a month to recover. We don't, we don't live our life that way. So I don't need 40 days to recover. Mm -hmm. I can go to – we can go to California for three days and I feel fresh. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, again, I think a lot of that is – I don't think a – a long break fixes a bad schedule and a long Sabbath fixes bad time management. Mm. So I'm, I think I learned one of the things that I'm proud of out of it was like, Oh, I think we have actually have a pretty good pace. So I didn't need it as much as, you know, I have friends who will go a month off and they're like, man, I'm not ready to go back yet. So I was like three days in, like, let's <laughs> go. I'm ready. To, you know, so yeah, those I love are that. some of the things. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I love hearing it when, you know, maybe it's like the end of Sunday is like, oh yeah, we're going to catch a plane and just hit the OC for a couple of days. Yep. Like, I think what people need is permission 
Yeah. But you need, you get that permission from yourself. Right. Give yourself the permission to take time. Yeah. Cause you can't lead well if you're not leading yourself well. Yep. And I just, well, yeah. And yeah. And you know, the, the things that uh, I'll get, I'll get some pushback sometimes. Like people will watch my, my social media and you know, wow, you play golf a lot or wow, you guys were out at a nice restaurant or, you know, I just literally got called out by someone cause my wife and I went on a date night and they were like, I can't believe a pastor would eat at that restaurant, you know, cause it was nice. Not like really cool that you're dating your wife still, right? <laughs> yeah. Like now what's funny is we literally went with a gift card, which is hilarious. That That's just like, <laughs> but who cares? Like we could have paid for it, whatever. But what I don't post is like, you know, I'm going to post about us golfing today. What I didn't post is two hospital visitations yesterday. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Like, yeah. Not walking into surgery, hey bro, you know, turning on my Ray-Ban filming glasses. <laughs> hey, how's surgery? You ready? No, like people don't see that side. And I'm okay with that. Like, I again, I live in that balance of of this. And if if people don't understand it, that's okay. Yeah, I think the it's like the must be nice people. Yeah. Y'all trash. Um Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Okay, you you I saw you give this talk about the myths of the leadership. Yep. I know there's ten of them. No pressure to like remember all. What are some of those myths? Like people, what do people think oh about leadership, and like actually come to find that's not true. There's there's I think a lot about that that people don't understand about leadership. But um, one that comes to mind is I can do this alone. I think that. What makes you a great entrepreneur and what makes you a great even just business leader and a leader is this thing in you that's like, I can do this. I remember feeling that. Like I remember I grew up in Belen, New Mexico, population 1,700. I remember being a kid going, I'm getting out of here. Like I'm mm -hmm. out. I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know what I'm going to but I'm out of here. Uh, some of that was trauma. <laughs> some of that was, some of that was pain. Some of that was, but some of it was. Did you see what life looked like outside of Berlin? Or did I didn't, but I knew there had to be. Oh, wow. Like I was like, this ain't for me. Wow. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not. I just remember that. I didn't really even, yeah, I didn't have a lot of exposure yet to, to even the bigness of the world. I really didn't. But I, but something in me was like, so there's always been this thing on me that's like, no, I'm going to go, I'm a survivor. But I think the myth is, and, and I think that can take you so far, mm -hmm. but it cannot take you as far as you can go. You have to bring people along. You need help and you need, uh, I won't, I won't go like biblical on this, but I could, but you need friends and you need mentors and you need an audience. Like you need all three of those. So, and I think a lot of guys struggle usually with one of those, mm. sometimes all of them, which is, which is bad. But, um, I, I realized, okay, I have an audience. People like to listen to me mm -hmm. on some level. Okay. So how do I serve them? Uh, Friendship was harder for me because, I, again, the way that I grew up, 
My my siblings were all older than me. I I didn't do well at friends. So as I became an adult, I had to work very very hard at building friendships, building relationships, learning how to be a friend. Mentorship, I think because of, again, because of upbringing some different wounds and different whatever, I was always craving a mentor. So I was actually always open to Mm. correction, open to growth, open to how can I level up? You tell me and I'll, I'll do it. Uh, And some of that was actually unhealthy, but I, you know, I think it worked out. I had to, but I had to figure some of that out. But so for me, that, that group of, of guys of friendship, like I feel like I'm a really good friend now and I feel like I have very good friends now, but I had to work really hard at that. And so when we talk about leadership myths, I, I had to learn, uh, how to do this with people. And again, I think it's something I still fight for. Like, like today we're going to go golfing. I could have just went out. I could have just walked down on the course and played, Mm -hmm. but I text three guys and said, you want to go golf? Because I think it's it's there there isn't gonna be some powerful, I don't think, some powerful aha God moment on the golf course or leadership moment. I actually don't, I'm not expecting that. I'm actually doing it because I think it's good. I think it's good for me. I think yeah. it's good for all of us. I think it's it's a down week, you know, as we're filming this kind of in the holidays. Kinda. And it's like Amanda had started contractions this morning. Oh Lord. <laughs> I know, oh my God. Amanda, just, hold on. Yeah. Let us play around a round of golf. Yeah, just, I was like, can can I please? Can we please get through this? <laughs> no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's so funny. <laughs> like, you know, it's like I'm 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 always working at that because yeah. I do think that one of the myths is like, yeah, I'm just gonna be a lone ranger. And uh you you desperately need people around you. I think and that's so, and it's tough when especially if you're gifted. Because right. like a gift can take you a, a decent way and you can do a lot. Like I feel that a lot. I'm like, dude, yep. I can just do it. Yep. Like I'll just, I'll just do it. And then even when you, when I pay for people for help, I was like, I'll still just do it. Right. But it is, yeah, I'm learning that like it, the, it is, it's a conviction to know that I can't do this yep. if I'm, if I'm really going to. Yeah. Know. I remember Craig Rochelle talking about, you know, if they can do it, I feel like the number was 70%. Yeah. Like if they can do it 70% as well as you, let them do it. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like, what? But now I'm like, no, that's right. Like, yeah, you, you guys do that. Yeah. I don't even make that decision. You make that decision. You go do that thing. And uh, again, I think what, what we miss in all of it is for, for a lot of guys is having the bandwidth and the brain power to make best decisions mm. and to make decisions based off of vision, not off survival. And what what I know that I need to be a visionary, I have to have time and I have to have a team. And if I, cause I need time to just be alone. I, I spend a lot of time, as much as I'm talking about this, there's also this other balance of a lot of time where I'm alone, I'm thinking, I'm processing, I'm writing, I'm, cause, and it, it could, I could sit, like when I'm writing a, a talk, when I'm writing a sermon, it could take me, it could literally take me eight hours before one thing hits the, the iPad or the, the laptop so, uh, where I'm just thinking. Mm-hmm. 
And I might be like on my phone, I might be trying to process something. I might be trying to talk something out, but it could be, it could literally be that long before I go, ah, okay, that's the, that's the hook. Cause I have to have some kind of inspiration point to preach. It's just something I need. I need something that I feel like moves me. So that could take hours. So uh, I think a lot of times we forget that, that we have to have, whether that's going on walks, whether that's praying, whether that's working out, whether that's golfing, whether whatever, you you do have to find mm-hmm. um, ways to think. It's really good. And it's something most people do not do. I don't know. And I hate making, I, like, I hate it because I do it, but like generalizing for generations. And I feel like working with like Gen Z people and uh, I feel like that's because of the phone, the time where they should think it gets taken on consumption. And it's like, dang, like thinking is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. It takes, I mean, it's it's probably one of the most important work. Right. But um, oftentimes we don't take the time to think about the things. Yeah, most people are content with other people thinking for them. Mm. Uh, they like we used to read right now we watch documentaries and I really should probably say we used to watch documentaries now we watch TikTok right because you know we'll we'll just get on a TikTok algorithm or we'll or they'll post something and we want to watch part two and then you know and we (laughs) just so we're just so few people are thinking Mm mm-hmm and thinking is a discipline. Thinking is hard. Thinking is, you're, you're, you you have to let your mind race and then come back and then race and then come back and then, and then you lose focus and then you come back and that can't so that can't happen in twenty minutes. Yeah, it takes hours. So, getting up early in the morning, or you know, again, you'll have to figure out your rhythm. But a lot of people just don't take time to to read, to think, to meditate, to pray. Uh, and I feel like that's been a huge part of, of my success. And if I'm ever funky, if I'm ever off, I can usually take it back to that. It's good. And go like, oh, I need more of that time. Mm-hmm. And so, and then I have to, again, like you have to schedule it in or. You have a friend happen. I met this year who Thursdays, he's, he actually schedules, um, appointments with certain thoughts. So yep. he actually gives a certain thought time on Thursdays, uh, separate, you know, about three to four hours every Thursday, because he's like, I'll go to an event and I want, there was something I heard that like, so I set the appointment on that thought and I'm going to sit on that thought for 30 to an hour and just like, like you say, meditate. Right. And I was like, dude, that's actually pretty brilliant. What's 100%. An, yeah. What's another myth? Um, I would, I would say that one of the great myths that we have to really fight is the overnight success fast. I'm into, I'm into slow. I'm into slow money. I'm into slow success. I'm into slow relationships. I'm into slow. I'm not into fast. Um, and I think we're like the myth of virality, the myth Mm. of like, and I want this, I want, I want this to go well. I want, I want this podcast to go well. I want, but I don't, I don't think that way. So like, you know, you said we're the fastest growing church in Vegas. It's like, oh yeah, that's cool. 
I don't, but I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I never think about it. Even that, we always say we're not growing a big church, we're growing big people, right? Like everything's slow. Everything's development. Everything's okay. everything's meals. Everything is over lunch. Everything's over dinner. Everything's over seasons. Uh, everything's over four-hour golf. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like every, everything to me is my money's slow. The way I've built built wealth is slow. Uh, it, it and I again I think it's okay, man. If you go viral, if you have an overnight thing, if you come into something fast, I don't think that's wrong. As long as you're not chasing it, right? Because if you're, you know, again, like what are the stats on people who win the lottery? Gone. It's gone. It's it's and it it's not just gone. Their lives are destroyed. Yeah. It's not like it's gone and they go back to their life and they're like, I oh, was a cool 18 months. No, they're 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 dead. They're in prison. They've lost it. Like it's it's worse than. Yeah. And so um I I've just decided I'm not gonna live that way. And and what I've like my life has been is it's been very slow, upward progression, very slow. And then every once in a while, I'll get a little, you know, I'll get this little click up, this little fast forward button, this little skip to the next chapter, you know, and you're like, whoa, that was cool. And then I just go again. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, and that's like, that could be a year. Sometimes I feel like it's four or five years, you know, like where I'm just plugging along. I'm just being faithful. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just building. I'm just putting money away. I'm just putting money into that you know, that boring ETF. I'm just putting money into that boring retirement account. I'm just throwing money at this. I'm just, and I'm just preaching along. And then, man, someone's eyes get on me. And, mm-hmm. you know, like that's been my story. And again, I think that the myth is I, I have to go viral. I have to explode. It has to be, uh, I've never... I've never taken that and like created a theology around that of like, oh, this is it. This yeah. is what it should be. For me, it's always been the opposite. It's like, I'm going to go disappear and use my gift, work really hard, love my family. If people see it, cool, but I actually like my life. Yeah. Right. So, like, when people recognize it, it's like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I got a really warm text this week from a very influential person about what they've heard about me and da 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 da. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, but I didn't need it because I'm just doing like, yeah, it's not going to change. I'm not, yeah, I'm not like living for like, what is someone going to say about me? And so I think the myth is overnight success. The myth is uh, I just need that one thing. I, I've never built my life on one thing. Mm. Even even my gift, even how I've uh, grown my wealth, even like every everything, you know, the, I forgot how many streams of income the average millionaire, I think it's eight. The average millionaire has yeah. eight streams of income. I've always liked that thought. So everything to me has been a little this, a little that. Now I've got my focus, I've got my gift, but like not one thing in my life has made me a millionaire. Yeah. It's it's this and it's that and it's that investment and it's this and it's it's all these little things 
that accumulate. And then I look back, you know, over a year and go, whoa, look at all that that came in. Or in church life, it's like, oh, we're doing this and we're doing this. And we don't have a magic pill. We don't have a silver bullet. We don't have, this is the thing. It's just like, no, we do this and we do this and we do that. And it's all slow. Mm-hmm. And it over time compounds. I think over time can it can kind of snowball, but it also, at least yet in my life, I haven't had a snowball thing happen yet, you know, where it really it's grows. Like I, I haven't, now I think it can happen, but I remember a guy telling me, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. Mm-hmm. Business, church, family, you know, it's like, God, they've just had it all figured out and look how it's just, there's uh, something. There's something. Oh, that's yeah. really good. Yeah, I love that. I think it's so important to be well-rounded. And and that when when those moments happen, it's because you were going slow. You know, it's like, and so when it happens, it happens on a foundation. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. I could feel a resistance when you're even just saying, I just like to go slow. It's like, no, yeah. bro, you don't got it, bro. Right, right. You know, like, no, 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 I get it. I get what people are saying. And it, again, like that whole thing that I just went on about, like, oh, that's not going viral. That's not, <laughs> you can't clip that. Yeah. You can't, you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to, art's not going to pull together <laughs> some cool part of what I just said and put it on Instagram. And cause it's boring. Yeah. It's boring. But I like boring. Yeah. I like, I actually like it. I, I, I don't, I don't need an upper in the morning to, Get you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't, I I I like pace. It's really good. And I I heard a guy say you know every overnight success is at least fifteen years. I really think that's true. Yeah. And so I don't know. I I've had moments of discovery, and then long seasons of of just doing my thing, and then moments of discovery, and then long seasons of doing my thing, moments of discovery, and. Uh, it, it, and I'm not being unrealistic either. Like I'm not being, um, sure. I'd like more mm-hmm. of whatever. Sure. Like, yeah, I love it. Want more growth, more money, more whatever. But I'm just saying I've learned to be content with a slower pace. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's healthy. Yeah. It's I think great. it's paid off in health. Yeah. Yeah. There's a podcast you did. It's probably my, one of my faves. Cause I've, I listened to the live recordings. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's how my world got bigger, and this was one you did, but kind of by yourself. And you talk yeah. about one thing that really resonated was like followed. I followed favor. I followed the favor. Yep. When the door opened, I walked through it. When the invitation was given, I accepted it. And um, and I, I love that because I, you know, you're not unapologetic about good things. God doing good things yep. in your life, yep. and that's even something we're having to teach believers in our church, even people who are new right? that, Hey, God does want to bless you. Yep. Um, but I just really quickly before we go into, cause I love how you talk about generosity. Um, but you had the opportunity to golf with John C. Maxwell yep. leadership the, goat, the John C. Maxwell, the John C. Maxwell <laughs> yeah, yeah, sold yeah. his name, sold his name. He sold the Maxwell brand. I can't even imagine for what, <laughs> but bless the Lord, man, that is, he's a great guy. Well, yeah, I'll, it, it, going into follow the favor again. So yeah. Okay. I'm talking about slow, slow, slow. Right. But I'm also like, if a door's open, I'm not like an idiot. Yeah. Right. So, 
but I'm not trying to crack doors open. Good. But if they're open, so I got him. I got invited to hang with him. He goes, "How does this date work?" I said, "Done." He goes, "Do you need a? Do you need to look at the calendar?" Nope, it's done. I'm there. Yeah. I don't know. I don't care if what I have planned. It's canceled, <laughs> right? Like, so you do you do that? Yeah. Uh, I remember getting invited to a, a really large church um, years ago, Hillsong Church in Australia. It, at the time, it was just the heyday of heyday of of that church and that ministry and that you know. And uh, I remember the pastor, Pastor Brian. We were at lunch, and he goes, uh, "When are you going to preach for me?" You know, the, all, the, uh, exactly how Brian talks. Like, it's just him. Like, so when are you going to preach for me? You know, I go, whenever you want. So he literally pulls out his phone and goes, how about whatever date? Done. <laughs> Does he need to look at it? <laughs> no, I don't need to look at it. What if you have something planned? I go, they're canceled. <laughs> what if you, you know, I was like, no, I'm going. So you do follow that. Yeah. Again, you like, you're, you're not dumb with, with following the favor. I remember... I was preaching uh, for a really good friend of mine. His name is Michael Berto, great pastor. And he asked me to preach at his youth conference. Then I got invited to do this massive, largest conference in New Zealand. Mm. So we're talking a couple of hundred students in Modesto, California. Love you, Modesto. Love <laughs> love you, Micah. Largest conference in New Zealand. Wild. So I called him and I said, will you let me, will you release me to go do this? Well, of course. He's like, of course I will go. So you, you know, I didn't go, oh, I made a commitment. If I, my word's my bond. No, he's my friend. Mm -hmm. If you're my friend, hook it up. Relationship. Let me, yeah. So like, I, I, you do have to kind of follow that, that favor. But uh, mm -hmm. what were you going to say about John? Sorry. No, I just wanted to know, like, what was that, the thing that you got from that? John is that incredible. Round. He, you know, he's impacted all of us. I mean, if you've ever heard anyone talk about leadership, you've, you've heard John Maxwell because they've either stolen it or or been inspired by it. He, you know, there's no one like him. Fifty five books, uh, over fifty years, just a content machine. Hangs literally everywhere he goes with a with a content person who just, you know, oh, write that down. Ooh, wow. we got to write that down. Ooh, that's a good idea. So just constantly, his mind is unreal. Um, John was the guy that taught leadership values. He was the guy who really changed the game in integrity, how to treat people, how to build relationships, how to value people. Um, how to have integrity in business. He was the guy who who championed that. No one was doing that at the time. And so even his next book that's about to come out on leadership values and what that means. And so um, I, I think it is for a lot of guys uh, something that's ignored. And I think it's something that we have to stay grounded in. I don't think you have to build your channel on that. I don't think you have to build your brand on that. I don't think you have to build your content on that, but you do have to build your life on that. Mm. So again, I, yeah, if I want to learn how to get rich, I don't want to listen to a poor guy. I want to listen to a rich guy. I, if I'm going to learn real estate, I want to learn from a guy that's yep. succeeded. If, if I want to learn this, I want to learn from, so you don't have to build your brand on those things, but you have to build your life on those things. And so 
I think I've built my leadership and my life on those kind of principles that John taught. Being around him, it only gets stronger. You're, you're only more convicted about how you treat people. And um, I, I think in a lot of ways, it's been something that I've, I've really valued. I think it's something people end up saying about me. Mm-hmm. That again, I don't do it like again. I'm not building a brand on it. I actually building my life on it. So people are shocked every Sunday. Wow, you're outside shaking hands, and oh my god, I got to meet you. And <laughs> wow, thank you for saying hi. And it's like, of course, like I don't see, I don't see myself that way. You know yeah. what I mean? I see myself like, no, this is what I do. I love people. I, I, I had lunch with a guy yesterday. Oh, thank you so much. Can't believe you took the time to have lunch. I said, no, this is what I do. Like I'm a pastor. You know, so. I think for every person watching, uh, integrity, love, care, service, like if you can figure out what your gift is and if you can figure out how to serve people with your gift, you're going to make money. Mm. Like you're going to be wealthy. And most people never connect that. And all we're paid to do is solve problems. That's what we do. We solve a problem. Whether you are the president of the United States, whether you are Bill Gates, whether you are Jeff Bezos, whether you're Omar El Tecori, whether you're Javen Chavez, whether you're, it, it doesn't matter who you are. If if you will solve someone's problem, that's how that's how you're going to get paid. Now, if you want to, if you want to be a barista, and that's the problem you're going to solve. Because I had a coffee this morning. Mm-hmm. Well, you're going to have a $10 an hour problem solver. That's what you're going to get paid. If you want to be an entrepreneur, if you want to solve problems for the ultra wealthy and, and make sure they always have a home, you can make a lot more money. If you want to, yep. you're solving problems. You're a problem. That's all you're ever going to get paid for is solving someone's problem. And so you get to decide that. Now, I think when you, get a, a huge passion for helping people solve their problems and you figure out your gift, that's where the wealth is at. So um, my, my, one of my first jobs, uh, again, was being a line cook. I was a cook. That solves a problem. People got to eat. Mm-hmm. But it's an $8 an hour problem, right? Like, right. again, you get to decide. But that wasn't my gift. It wasn't my grace. I like cooking and it's fun, but like it's not my gift. When my when I discovered my genius, I got to solve bigger problems. Got to make more money solving those problems. Yeah. And so that's the that's what and that's all an entrepreneur is doing. Right. Is there and you'll be a great entrepreneur if you figure out what you're actually gifted at. And you have a real heart to help people. So good. That's the like, you figure that out, it's on, it's over. And so, and I do that in a lot of ways. Yeah. Dude, love it. I know we got around in 20 minutes. Really quickly, Lord. we have a building project. We're building a beautiful building here in Las Vegas, Nevada, which is really hard to build a church. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. a, it's a process. Um, can you let people know where they can go if they want to learn more and even if they'd like to support it. Yeah. Um, we, 
Vegas is the most unchurched city in America. Nevada's the most unchurched state in America. And uh, we're just here helping people, loving people, serving people. It's it's my greatest joy to uh, to do what we're doing. And um, if if you want to help with that, you can go to citylightvegas.com. Uh, you'll you'll see ways to give there, or you can go to citylightvegas.com forward slash building and give there. And uh, yeah, we need help. We need help from our friends around literally the world to yeah. do this. And uh, anyone who wants to help can do so. But yeah, we're excited about it, and we're portable. We're a portable church, which means we meet in a high school. We set up tear down, and uh, I'm excited for that season to come to an end. <laughs> no, 100. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. I love you so much. Yeah, Thank love you for you. everything you do. And um, yeah, I would encourage you to check that out. Also, check out uh, Jabin's podcast, uh, his leadership podcast. It's so good. And hopefully, we hit him straight. Word. All yes. Right. In the 80s today. Let's go. All right.